side of red or switch they die Rob of the dog who loud his motorbike Looking for legends on the sunset strip With a stone cold paranormal partnership Metro Town Rick tried to sell me some crack Listen to the podcast man and take that shit back It's a legends Podcast about Welcome to Urban Legends, the internet podcast about urban legends, myths, and all kinds of ghosts and ghouls. It's uh, actually the only podcast which is inaudible to the human ear, which uh, seemed like quite a trendy thing to do uh, when we were sitting around in a bebop bar drinking absinthe when we came up with uh, the premise, but um, actually... Looking at it now was probably a mistake. I am one of your hosts, Chris Flynn, and with me is Mr. Magic. It's Mr. Neil Herbert. I disagree, Chris. I think it was a great idea. The silent podcast. Yeah. We wouldn't. Silent podcast. I think it's good to go to sleep too. Yeah, I think we should give it we should give it a go. Any anything where we could be lazier about the content, quote unquote, that we produce. Do you know anyone's done that? I mean, Someone, someone's done that, haven't they? Like a 50 minutes. I mean, if you're looking at the label, it says, you know, um, danger, danger content inside, deadly or something, poisonous. Because yeah. you don't know, although it's, you know, it's beyond your, your hearing, it's having an influence. Mm. It's like subliminal. Well, I, do you know what? I, I find it relaxes me knowing that no one will be able to hear it. Yeah. And I can say all kinds of wild shit. Oh, that's all good. Totally off. Totally the Queen's the a Nazi and lives in the Antarctic. Oh. Um, so, Neil, um, I've, I've just been listening to... to so, in the UK, uh, we've got an election next year, um, like so many countries. Well, good. And um, the... Yeah, and the Conservatives, who are the party in power, um, their, their leader, Mr Pickwick, yes. <laughs> did, uh, did his speech, and he finally... Thank God! Announced that uh, they're getting rid of uh, HS2, which is for the uninitiated or non-UK based. Um, the idea was that we'd have high-speed rail link between the three major kind of urban conurbations, so London, Birmingham, Manchester, and then sort of Leeds, Sheffield kind of zone, um, and. Uh, so HS1 was from the Channel Tunnel to London, all good. And then HS2, which is about half built. To be fair, it's only cost like 60 billion and oh, yeah. uh, they have, they're only like halfway there. And it's been like 10 years. Yeah. Um, that was meant to be from London, Euston to Birmingham. But now it's from like some village outside London to, to Birmingham, I think. Um, so there's going to be a bus in between London. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you don't, um, you don't want it to be any faster just because it's a high-speed train. And a lot of people are quite down on this, like people in the north who were promised it. Um, you know, there's meant to be economic and stuff. But at the end of the day, we bit off more than we could chew as a country, didn't we? Oh, yeah. It was, sure, if you're in Japan, the, it's technology from the 60s. But for us, 
absolutely, you know, we don't, we don't produce Brunels anymore, do we? No, <laughs> we produce Tonys. So. <laughs> um, yeah. so yeah, that's all been cancelled. So yeah. that's good. Um, Neil, well, how do you good. feel about it? I know you're a big train guy. Oh yeah, no, I mean, it, you think it's good? Uh, well, I mean, uh, you you spend a lot of time on the really Blue Bell Railway, don't to get you, to in the summer? To- down here faster? Uh, no, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, I, I went. I, I went around when I was on, on holiday. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, you go to other countries, and it's you know they're ridiculously ahead of us in terms of all their infrastructure. They just do yeah. it. They just, they just get on with it. But yeah, we can't. We, we don't weird, seem to, be able to do it in yeah. for some reason. I mean, it's more expensive to do it in this country because of the price of land and all of that kind of stuff. But you should still be able to do it. Like without it spiraling out of control. I mean, you would think those might be things you'd think about when you were saying how much it would cost. But anyway, yeah, there you go. It's enough for that, Neil. That's a bit. That's uh, that's thing. Um, so out of the gates with a so bit of project management. Bit of project management, but I think that's why it annoys me so much because yeah. I'm a qualified project manager. Mm. You know. Um. So, uh, yeah, there's a couple of bits I need to, to get through before we go on to the legend. Oh, that's fine. Um, so you'll remember, you remember a couple of weeks back uh, I said on the podcast that we were talking about bands and us having been in bands. And I said that I said that Graham Howitt had said that, who was a friend of ours and an ex-band mate, Graham Howitt said that, that I was like... Um, Fred Durst, and I said that I'd punched his head clean off. Yes. Now, it turns out I may have embellished that. Graham Graham listens to the podcast, and I bumped into him down Boundary Road. He was was outside the Wimpy as normal, selling cigarettes out of a plastic bag. Yes, yeah. And um, and so he he, he was very forceful in what what he said, and uh, and there were some things that I might have got wrong but you make you cry. Um, no, but he did say that when he said that I was like Fred Durst, he said that I looked like I was going to punch him and he put me directly into hospital. And um, he said that I probably don't remember it because I had the 30% loss of brain function. Yeah, for various um, reasons. So, so, yeah, I mean, and that's often why I get my worms wrong. Um, yeah, but uh, he just wanted. He just wanted. Uh, he just wanted to be clear of that um, apparently I was in a coma for for a few months. Now I don't. I don't remember any of it. So maybe I dreamt the other the other thing. But um, yeah. So there you go, Graham. Um, no need to do that stuff which you said. There you go. Good um, to get back. The other thing, Neil. So um, I. I'm on the dating scene, as you know. Yeah. But I'm not very good at pickup lines, so I've been writing some down, and I'd like you to score me. Okay, Imagine yeah. you're a, a fine, a fine lady. I'd like to give you. I'd like you to give me a score out of uh, how many peppers out of ten for hotness. Okay. Kind of scope rating. Yeah. <laughs> you look. You look really uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, I wonder yeah. why. <laughs> what? This is what friends do. Go on then, let's do it. Let's do it. They help it they help each other out. They don't roll their eyes at each other. Well. Like one of those grumpy Muppets. Um so right, you're, you're right, we're uh we okay, so you're you gonna you start with the really good stuff or yeah, you're gonna or work your way up. 
it gets there's there's three and they get worse. Okay. So I'm I'm oh in my primed. opinion, but in, yeah. but in yours, hey, who knows? But in yours, like the last one gets better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did well, see this, this is like why I need advice. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. This is why I need. So, hello. Did it cause you any long-term injuries or chronic conditions I should be aware of before I take this any further when you fell from heaven? So score out, score out, give me a pepper score. I mean, it's what, half a red pepper in terms of heat? Oh, really? I mean, it's not a green pepper. They're a bit mild, aren't they? That's not green, that's good. But yeah, Yeah, it's... it's... So you're not liking it? Well, I sort of got bored halfway through the sentence, um, but I, 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 you alighted where I thought right. you would. Yeah, bit of a cliche. Okay, right. Here's the second one. Hello. What was your reasoning behind running away? Do I need to contact anyone who could offer you support? I need to know some of the details before I let God know one of His angels is missing, just in case, like you know, God had been up to something. Is what you've done here, so Chris, has just peppers. taken a, a bunch of um, cheesy pickup lines and just sort of overwritten them. That's what I've done in the first. In, in an attempt yeah. to sound more elegant, I thought I'd, I had to give it. I had to give it my own spin. Well, no, because it's you know these days you've got to be careful, haven't you? So you don't just say you wouldn't just say, "Oh, I just called heaven." an angel's missing because you don't know why she left heaven because it could have been she was trafficked into heaven or something. So you yeah, need to get a bit of background. Do you know what I mean? Like, you need to context, just to and with sure. the other one, and with the other one, you know, you want to see if, uh, you know, like just, just for your own peace of mind and to know what you're getting into, you need to know if the person has any chronic conditions when they, you know, from when they fell from heaven. Yeah. Because it might not be something actually long term that you, that you feel that you're equipped to deal with, this is and it true. wouldn't be fair on either of you. Yeah, it's good to, okay. good to get that. So, how many does that make them hotter now that you understand the context behind them? Yeah, it's going to turn into half a jalapeno now. Can you stop changing the types of pepper? It's like. These are all red peppers. Well, no, they're all in terms of... Oh, right, right, right okay, so I gave... No, because it's out of ten, isn't it? Right, okay, that's three quarters Keep changing right. the three... scale. Well, I thought you were doing it in terms of heat. But okay, fine. I won't, I won't oh. move on to Chipotle Subway sauce next. Um, so, yeah, all right, three quarters of red pepper. There you go. Well, from half to three quarters. Three quarters of red pepper. Yeah. Okay, and the last one's punchy. Hmm. I must have forgotten to take my antipsychotics again because Marilyn Monroe's dead, but she's also right in front of me. What do you reckon? You know when you, you those bits inside the pepper with all the seeds and stuff, you got to sort of cut them out oh. and then to, yeah, that that bit. Right. So what's that like a quarter? Yeah. Is it because I mentioned my antipsychotics and all yeah, the fact that, that I forget to take them? Yeah, that was instantly <laughs> off putting. I was like, I'm dry like the okay. Sahara well, right yeah, now. You see, and aren't, and aren't I glad I didn't use this with the girl well, at the ladies' so you know, now? You need, needs, exactly. Need, I would, yeah, needs more work. So, Neil, as a um, as a little treat for you, uh, you don't know what you don't know what the topic is today, do you? I do um, not know. So, no, um, no idea. 
and I've chosen a topic from your favourite country, which is... Which yeah. is... I don't, I don't know. Just, what is my favourite country? Which is... Iceland. Japan, that's right. Yes. So, well. um, today, <laughs> we are on nippon.com, and we're looking at the uh, Utsubuni which is a UFO legend from Japan from the 19th century. 19th century, interesting. And it was a well... Yeah, it's well reported, and there's lots of pictures and stuff on what were the equivalent to newspapers in Japan in those days, and it looks like a UFO. So, and is this, like, sort of, like, all on silver plate photography, or are these, like, you know, paintings? or like? No, it's earlier than that. Earlier than that. Oh, okay. So... Uh, do you want me to send you a link? Yeah, sure, sure. Can do. Hey, sure. Hey, hey Neil, do you know what? Hey, do you know what? It's no problem. With technology these days, you can easily send links. Um, okay, so. A mysterious mm. event in Japan at the beginning of the 19th century shows surprising similarities with the stories of UFOs. And this is by Tanaka Kazuo. Professor Emeritus at Japan so, University. <clears throat> yeah, no, he's, he's, um, he's got creds, street creds. Close shit. Street creds and academic creds, same okay. thing. That's why, you know, it's Dr. Dre's popular. I like just looking down a little so, bit. There's a it, one bit <clears throat> entitled a ninja's report. Anyway. Mm, I know, it's good, isn't it? That's good. Right. So, in in, eight, in 1803, a round vessel drifted ashore on the Japanese coast and a beautiful woman emerged, wearing strange clothing and carrying a box. She was unable to communicate with the locals and her craft was marked with mysterious writing. The story of uh, Utsurubune, or Hollow Ship, in the province of Hitachi, which I know because of the manufacturer electronics. Yeah. Now, Ibaraki Prefecture is found in many records of the Edo period. And Tanaka Kazuo, Professor Emeritus at Gifu University, has studied the topic for many years. What drew him away from his main research area, applied optics, to investigate this curious episode and bored. what really took place? Hmm? You got bored. You're bored. He got bored. No, no, of applied optics. Is he suddenly realised in his sixth? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure what's that. Just of... looking through binoculars or something? Yeah, which is making glasses, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, the local lie, though. Yeah, you're arrested especially for in that, hospital information engineering. That sounds like quite you're likely to lose an eye. Looking nice. at my sister. So, Tanaka says he began to research the ship after the deadly subway sarin attacks in 1995. Red flag. By the... <laughs> by the Om uh, Shiriku cult. Which is golden? Not golden dawn, is it? I can't remember. Might be. Uh, he says there was a lot of coverage of Om founder Ashara Shoko's uh, prophecies and claims to be able to float in the air. Hmm. Yet the cult's senior members were part of the scientific elite. 
I started giving lectures considering paranormal phenomenon from a scientific perspective, which meant I was collecting all kinds of materials for teaching, such as about UFOs in the United States and Japanese folklore. In while doing so, I came across the Utsirabune legend. Long before the American UFO stories, the craft depicted in the Edo period Japanese document for some reason looked like a flying saucer. This was fascinating to me. And now you've seen uh, some pictures of it now. Would you say that looks like a flying saucer? I mean, could be a flying saucer, could be a colander. I mean, yeah, it does sort of look. How many women do? How many women in strange clothes do you know that get out colanders? Come plenty, on, no, Neil. plenty. Don't you worry about it. Um, oh, really? Okay, specialist clubs. Yeah, <laughs> we call it. We call it salading. Yeah, crossing the lettuce. If you know, you know. Um, if yeah, don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. Yeah, it does a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it could be. It's one of those things, isn't it? It's sort of. It could, it could, be, a, it could be a number of things. It's like a vaguely. It's, yeah. It's not quite the same disc shape, but it's kind of yeah. Yeah. Okay. In, interesting. Well, there were different. There, there were different pictures of it. Yeah. So, UFOs became a modern sensation after the media reported. Uh, re- after the media reported U.S. businessman Kenneth Arnold as having witnessed flying saucers on June 24th, 1947. A flood of similar stories followed, from, followed around the world. Most famously, a UFO was alleged to have crashed on the ground near Roswell, New Mexico, in July 1947. In the end, though, no wrecks or alien bodies were discovered, Tanaka says. There was only the ambiguous testament of witnesses. It was the same as with all it was the same with all the other UFO stories from around the world. There were mysteries without any substantial evidence. The Utsubune legend, however, has a number of documents to examine as leads. So in this sense, for a researcher in mystery it's a mystery with substance. Fair enough. <laughs> so hmm? Fair enough. No, I was just saying, okay, yeah. Tell me more. So, a ninja report. Well, yeah, I mean, what I'd say, like, these days, you've got all of the stuff that the Navy have kind of, you know, the US Air Force have released, or the US Navy, haven't you? The kind of spinning top and all of that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, you get like, yeah. photos and videos of things that are weird, but... Um... What do you think they are, Neil? This is what I'm asking you. You're a, you're a sceptic. What do you think they are, the kind of crafts which are being seen on kind of, like, naval cameras and stuff, which there is, they can't explain? What do you think they are? I don't know. It could be some sort of optical illusion. Don't really know. Poltergeist. But you don't think they're aliens, so you don't think they're... Uh, no, well, don't no, I don't, I don't know why you'd sort of... Um come all this way just to sort of, like, fly around quickly and then bugger off. I mean, you could just be having a look, I suppose, but... If they are buggering off. Yeah. If Are, are they becoming prime minister? I'm hearing that... That's <laughs> I'm hearing now. I mean, Liz Trust certainly doesn't strike me as a human being. There's something well, I can't Well, if you think about, about it, base is, a base under the sea makes more sense because... <laughs> Because atmospheres very unpredictable, 
you know, like from planet to planet. Whereas if you've got liquid water, doesn't matter what planet you're on, if there is liquid water, then it's always going to be between the temperatures of freezing and boiling. So it's kind of, it's a known, it's a known thing that you can Aliens might on. have gills as well, I don't know. Maybe they're sea-breathing creatures. Yeah, or they could just like have ships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Do you think they're from the lost city of Flanta? Hey, hey who knows? Could be. Do you remember when we spoke to that guy? He was good, wasn't he? Certainly was. So, a ninja's report. There are similar oral traditions about hollow ships across Japan uh, in the Edo period. Tanaka's research is focused on the various documents that describe the 1803 incident in Hitachi and include illustrations of a beautiful woman and a strange vessel, although they cite different dates. One of the best-known sources is the Tuan Stories, an 1825 collection recording fantastic rumours, which was written by the Tonakai Literary Circle and edited by uh, Kyokutai Bakin, famous for his lengthy historical romance, Nanso Satumi, Hakenden, the Eight Dog Chronicles, which is all eight dogs. It's what I think of when I think of romance, Neil. I don't know about you. Indeed. Romance, you know, where better to pick someone up than an illegal dog fight? <laughs> that's, what, that's what I always say. I mean, I will say it's no plum dust. You've already got a common interest. Hmm? That's true. I mean, I like the Eight Dog Chronicles, but they're no plum dust. Sorry, I was just reading on in the article, so... Apparently, there's an 1844 oh, okay. work called Plum Dust. Well, be no shiri. There is. Plum Dust sounds more erotic, doesn't it? Yeah. I suppose. Um, rather than eight dogs. Um, Depends on your perspective. So, has Neil's has already. Yeah, I mean, just whatever you're into, I'm not here to judge. So, others are uh, Nagashi. Matajiro's 1844 work, Plum Dust, as Neil just said, as well as collections like Oshuku Zaki, which is Oshuku Notes, Hiroka Zuihishu, essays by Hirokata, and something called Records of Castaways, which gathers stories of foreign ships washed up in, uh, in Japan and of Japanese sailors who came ashore over the seas. There's some pictures there. So at first, Tanaka theorised that the incident was an embellished account concerning a shipwrecked Russian Huela, but he could not find any mention of such a disaster in official records. Well, I mean, official records, Russia. Mm. Get it, do you know what I mean? Not what they're like. Um, instead, he discovered new materials becoming absorbed in further background research. To date, he has found 11 documents relating to the Hitachi Utserbune legend, of which the most interesting are thought to date from 1803, the same year the craft was said to have come ashore. One is the Mito Busho, the Mito document, owned by a collector in Mito, 
Tanaka noticed that the woman's clothing in the illustration of the work was similar to that of the Buddha Vista statue at the Shofukuji Temple in Kemisu. So it could be from India? Yeah. Buddha Vista? Or that old kind of um, Himalayan kind of zone? Yeah, I don't yeah. know why they have ships in the Himalayas. Could be a coracle. They're kind of oh, random. Maybe that, yeah, maybe that's why it's round. Maybe it's you get you get in it, and then you know, like the barrel going over the waterfall, you just like yeah. tip yourself over and then go down the mountain, nice. get down nice quick. Um. <clears throat> uh, so. Uh, so that is that statue of the Buddha Vista was dedicated to the raising of silkworms. Uh, a legend credits the start of the sericulture, the start of sericulture in the area to Princess Kunjiki, or the Golden Princess, who is a motif in the images at the temple. In one version of the story, Princess Kunjiki washes up on shore after travelling from India on a dugout boat in the shape of a cocoon. Okay. Uh, like the film Cocoon. Yes. Do you think Tom Hanks was? No, Tom Hanks wasn't in that, was it? It was Steve Gutenberg. Get myself. Was it? Yeah. I, I just, I remember very little of it, apart from old people go off to aliens. Well, there was old people and there was Wilford Brimley and he was about 20, 28 when he was in it. He just always looked pretty old. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I think he was in his 40s, actually. But, uh, yeah, it's nonetheless. I mean, you got, like, Donald Demesh, or whatever his geezer's name was, he was in his 80s, and, yeah, Wilford Brimley, I think he was still in his, like, 40s or early 50s at the time, but he just always looked pretty ancient. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to think. Um, I think, is it... Uh, the, yeah, I think it's Michael Chiklis. He... Uh, right from The Shield? Oh, what was it? yeah. But he was in something before that where he was also like a cop, and I think he still had a bit of hair. Oh, yeah, um, no, it's called the. Oh, God, what's it called? Yeah. It's, no, it's called like the. Like, like, I want to say coach, but it's not, but it's something like that. It's like. It's a, the it's, it's a, soup a, or something. a shortened word for something. It's, it's like, yeah, term. like the soup or the, the kosh or something. But yeah, I can't remember. Mm. I'm going to have to wind deep. Oh, the, the commish. The commish, that's it. It's yeah, called the commish. The commish. Yeah. Yeah, I think that yeah, was like he's his in that, and thing. he looks like about. Yeah, he looks about fifty, but he's twenty-eight. Yeah, <laughs> <So> unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, some um, people just kind of like have that. Anyway, that yeah, just look old. So the golden princess, she repays the kindness of a local couple who try nurse her back to health by bestowing on them the secrets of silviculture. When she oh so sericulture is silkworms management. Yeah, it's um, growing of like horticulture, but for silk silkworms. Yeah. Uh, okay, I didn't know that. When she herself becomes a silkworm after a death, amongst the various materials, only the illustration in the meter document appears greatly similar to Princess Kojiki. Tanaka thinks that when the first rumors of a hollow ship coming ashore at a beach called Kashimanda were spreading, the people of Shikuji may have decided to incorporate it 
uh, into the promotion of the temple. Nice. There you go. Sell some more of that silk. I mean, the thing is, they've had... Um, so, they've had... They've had... Uh, I mean, the, but the thing is, this must be... Like, they, they didn't start the silkworm stuff. I mean, that was that goes back to... Um, thousands China. of years ago, doesn't it? Because, I mean, Marco Polo was kind of, like, going over trying to... Yeah. They wanted one of the things I think they wanted to do is to try well, and get hold of some silk. Yeah, but as one of the things Westerns going over, they they were trying to get hold of some silk pods, whatever silkworm pods, mm. to bring them back because uh, they wanted to know how to grow. You know, it's actually really horrible the process of making silk. Like so, the silkworm is like a it's like a butterfly, it's a caterpillar mm. basically, and it's cocoon. Is what the is what the silk is, and so when it cocoons itself up to become butterfly, they bang it into a big thing of boiling water, and then the so, and then like take the threads out from that, so just sort of boil it to death while it's turning into a butterfly. You need a certain time nice, as well, don't you? Well, you know, it makes lovely clothes, Chris. Yeah, you? I mean that's not really that's not, huh? It is soft clothing. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um. So another even more important source is the uh, Banke document owned by Kawakami Jinchi, the heir to ninja arts tradition and a ninjutsu researcher and martial artists. Yeah, so two, it two is named Banke or the Ban family. Well, ninjutsu. No. I mean, yeah. Kind of cutting out a bit again, mate. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, a lot of what's made of the, up. A lot of the so-called ninjas you knocking around these days. It's um, it's all nonsense, isn't it? But I'm not saying that there isn't. There wasn't a thing called ninjutsu back in the day. But mm. how many ninjas are you meeting on a day-to-day basis when you're saying there's nin- ninjas knocking about? Is you, that me a lot of them? Are you? No, there's supposed, supposedly you can, can you can there's people who train you in ninjutsu and stuff, isn't it? So I always wonder how they um how they learn how some some you know assassination techniques from medieval Japan or whatever. I mean, mm. you, you, there are diamond dozen in Britain, as you know, Chris. What, ninjas, yeah, I haven't seen one in a while. Falling with them with their smoke um, bombs and their. It's because they stay hidden, that's why. You're not <laughs> running your across eyes the roofs of yeah, the exactly. local Argus. You know, turning into a puff of smoke when you look around to see it. Um, no, I don't I don't keep my eyes out. I, I refuse to engage with them, and then I just tend to walk off, disappointed. Yeah, Tail between the legs. Yeah, it's probably the better thing to do. So he's... Uh, so... While some of the materials say the vessel came ashore at locations like Hayadori or Hara Tukahama, there is no evidence that such places exist. This document, however, records the location at Hiatachi Hara Cherihama, which appears on a map produced by the famous cartographer Indo Tatataka and is now known as Hasaki uh, Sharihama in Kamisu. I wasn't expecting so many Japanese words in this article. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So Tanaka comments that while the other materials show geographical inconsistencies, this document uh, mentions a real place name. He says that Kawakami suggested a banking member might have been assembling information while working for the head of the Owari Dominion, now Ayachi uh, Prefecture. If so, he wouldn't record any untooths, so we can say the document is very reliable. Mm, might have been, and yeah. Okay, it all seems a bit well. Anyway, so, awaiting yeah. new, awaiting new revelations. The folklorist uh, Yanagita Kudio once said that of all, all the Tsurubune uh, legends were groundless fictions, but in the case of Hitachi's Tsurubune, there is a clear difference from the other stories around the country. Tanaka says. For one, it's specified in having taken place in 1803. And then uh, it's strange that there are specific pictures of the craft showing it resembling as a flying saucer. I feel it's probably based on something that really happened. But Japan was largely closed off then, so it was a wreck of the foreign ship or foreign people around in the country. It would have been a huge event and government officials would have investigated it and left a public document. When British sailors entered... Uh, Otsuhama in 1824. It became one of the causes of an edict to repel foreign vessels for the following year. So it might be there was a witness testimony of something taking place for just a short time at Kashimanada. It is possible that it became tied in with earlier Utsurubune legends. Just as the description of the woman's clothing vary depending on the document, so do those of the shape and size of her vessel. For example, records of a castaway says it was around 3.3 metres high and 5.4 metres wide when converted into current measurements, and that it was made of rosewood and iron with glass and crystal windows. I'm not sure whether Records of a Castaway was an official document. There are two volumes altogether, and apart from the Utsurubune, they're all incidents that actually took place. This suggests the writer at least believed that the Utsurubune was really washed up to shore. Tanaka says. There are countless mysteries connected with the hollow ship, such as the meaning of the scripts written inside it. Tanaka says that one theory was it resembles the pseudo-Roman letters sometimes seen on the border of ukiyo-e prints. So it might just be simply decorative, although it's not impossible that we discover evidence of an alien script. Yeah, well, the, the aliens said that he laughs. Laughs, didn't they? <clears throat> yeah, of course. Yeah, that's pretty nice. There will likely to be further discoveries of currently unknown materials related to the Utsurubune and the new revelation and new revelations this legend is so appealing because it's possible to come up with so many different theories having a story like this in japan from 140 years before the ufo sightings that can stimulate the imagination and to this extent reminds me how deep and fascinating japanese culture can be so uh all good um so i'm gonna have a little look on wiki here Because it's quite, uh, quite big. Um, so no, here's quite... the here's the actual legend. Oh, gone them, yeah. So they haven't actually given us the legend, have they? Not really, no. So on, it's more just about some Neil, documents. On, yeah. On February twenty second, eighteen o three, fishermen 
on the Harayadori uh, coast of Hitachi province saw a strange vessel drifting in the sea. Uh, and where's the Hitachi province? Okay, so it's just north of Tokyo. Mm. So it's on the other side of the island to mainland Asia. Don't know if that yeah. means anything to you. They towed the vessel to land and discovered it was uh, 10.83 feet in height and 17.88 feet wide. The shape reminded them of a kohako, a Japanese incense burner. The upper part appeared to be made of red lacquered rosewood, while the lower part was covered with metal plates. The upper part had several windows made of glass and crystal covered with bars and clogged up with some kind of tree resin. The shape of the hollow boat resembled a wooden rice pit. The windows were completely transparent and the baffled fishermen looked inside. The inner side of the Utsirobune was decorated with text written in an unknown language. Oddly enough, one of the symbols inside the vessel resembled South Korea's current flag. Hmm... The fish the fishermen found items inside, such as two bed sheets, a bottle filled with 3.6 litres of water, some cake, and kneaded meat. So what this is oh. uh, this is uh in my head now the the pods thing is do you remember at the end of Octopussy, the James Bond film, where they're in like they escape the underwater place in like an escape pod, and it's just like 1970s shag pads and like a bottle oh, of okay, yeah, yeah. I can only remember <laughs> him, like coming in in some like alligator and then coming out and then That's tuxedo or something. Like Q Please. goes to pick up the boat or whatever, like to go and like get a, like he's on a rescue ship to crane it out. But yeah. um, I think like James looks out and then shuts the curtains or something. He goes, oh, Bond or something yeah. like that. So I'm imagining it's like that. So it could have been James. Witty, been... Like, hey, I'm just nobbing you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, don't don't worry, Q. I'm just having a fuck. Yeah. Yeah, no, I said it wasn't that one, but I can't it was the one who moves in space or whatever. It's exactly the same scene effectively. And uh, he's just attempting re-entry, yeah, sir. Octopussy. Yeah. Moonraker or Octopussy? Moonraker, that's it. Yeah. Um, so inside, along with the three point six, very specific three point six liters yes. of water, the fishermen saw a young woman, possibly eighteen or twenty years old, but not nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> Her body size was said to be uh, four point nine two feet tall. It's quite short, but I guess yeah. in those days in Asia, probably not. The woman had red hair and eyebrows. The hair elongated by artificial white extensions. Sounds like Jerry Halliwell. Yeah, could be. The extension. <laughs> Jerry Halliwell out. having just had sex with Roger Moore. Yeah. In uh, <laughs> some kind of interdimensional in Spice film. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? It could well have. I've certainly not seen it. No, I don't. I'm, I'm so, afraid I missed that. So the extensions could have been made of white fur or thin white powder textile streaks. Yeah. 
This hairstyle cannot be found in any literature. The skin okay. of the lady was very pale and pink coloured. She wore long, smooth clothes of unknown fabrics in the shape of a Union Jack. <laughs> yeah. The woman began speaking, but no one understood her. She did not seem to understand a fisherman either, so no one could ask her about her origin. Although the mysterious woman appeared friendly and courteous, she acted oddly. She always clutched a quadratic box made of a pale material around 24 inches inside. The woman did not allow anyone to touch the box, no matter how kindly or pressingly the witnesses asked. It's like a clutch bag, isn't it? Yeah, could be. So the old man from the village theorised this woman could be a princess of a foreign realm who married in her homeland. <laughs> when she had an affair with the townsman after marriage, it caused a scandal and the lover was killed for punishment and the princess was banned from her home. Uh, and then she, because she enjoyed lots of sympathy, she escaped the death penalty. They said she might have been uh, exposed in that it's a boonie to leave her to a destiny. Uh, and if this should be correct, the box may contain the head of the woman's deceased lover. In the past, a very similar object with the woman washed ashore on close by a beach. Seems like he's, he's reaching, isn't he? Yeah, it seems like, you know, <laughs> I might as well theorise. Well, it's it's the like, obvious well, she, she the obvious like Mad Max 3, and then they span the wheel <laughs> and, uh, and put her in a box and float her down the river. We can make up any old... Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a weirdly specific... Scenario. The old man in the village theorised. Yeah. Um, so, during the incident, a small board with a pinned head was found. The context of the box could therefore be the same, which would certainly explain why she protected it so much. It will cost lots of money and time to investigate the woman and her boat, since it seemed to be a tradition to expose those boats to sea, the pounds people thought they should bring the woman back to the, the to Bune and let her drift off. Fuck off. You'll give me a blinder behind the eyes. It's going to cost time and money, which I do not have. Get her back in the Tsurubune and kick her, kick her back in the sea. money to investigate her in a boat? I mean, just try and, yeah. Because we've got costs, Neil. Just another mouth got to feed. Wink, wink, wink. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Got to grease a few palms. Right, back in your boat, off your pop. Apparently, the town's people were frightened. Well, you would be. Terrible. In a different version, the lady from the hollow boat stays where she landed and grows to an old age. From humans' sight, it might be cruel, but it seemed to be her predetermined destiny. The fisherman reassembled the Tsurubune, placed a woman in it, and sent... It's to drift away in the ocean. So when she died, off you pop. I mean, it sounds just like a kind of fantasy story, doesn't it? Yeah, except for it's kind of recorded in documents. Yeah. So there were similar similar ones, but I think that's the most... That's the one that it's all sort of based on. Yeah, it looks like there's one from the seventh century, yeah. but I don't know. I mean, that's that's like yeah. a, an old legend. So there, there seems to be a bit of a thing here. Yeah. So yeah. Um, strange women rocking up in boats. So there have been uh, some investigations over the years. The first historical investigation of the uh, Aturo Bune incidents were conducted in 1944. 
by uh, Kyo Kuti back in. Kyo Kuti reports about a book called Russia Bunkeruku, the records, uh, records of seen and heard things from Russia. The book describes traditional Russian clothes and hairstyles and mentions popular method to dust hair with white powder. It also mentions that many Russian women have naturally red hair and they wear skirts similar to that of the lady in the legend. Based upon the book, he suggests that the woman of the Utsuburo incident could have been of Russian origin, which, you know, fair enough. Mm. He writes that stories are similar to each other and they differ only in minor descriptions. He also questions the origins of the alleged exotic symbols found on the boat because he is convinced that he saw similar signs on a British whaler stranded shortly before his writing. Kurukuti wonders if the woman was a Russian, British, or even an American princess. America doesn't have princesses, you know, apart from Paris Hilton. Well, yeah. Further, he expresses his disappointment about the drawings of the Atsurubuni because they obviously do not fully match what the witness had described. So there are some other ones, but uh, so ufological. In ufology, the legend of the Utsurabuni has described as an early case of a documented close encounter of the third kind, based on the similarities between the drawings of the vessel from the Edo period and 20th century descriptions of flying saucers. Some ufologists suggest that Utsurabune could have been an unidentified submerged object, a USO. Oh, they, note the mis- yeah, they note the mysterious symbols which are reportedly found on the object that regularly appear in addenda within the descriptions. They are suggested by some to be similar to the symbols reported from the Rendlesham Forest incident in England. Mm. Drawings of odd figures and unknown symbols have also been found in caves. UFO proponents further point to the woman's box, her physical appearance, unusual dress, as evidence of off-world human visitation. So um, it's appeared in manga and anime, unsurprisingly. Um, And... The third That's series, series Sisters of Gold, apparently. I remember just seeing that when I was a kid. I don't remember the... Wonder will find us the city of gold. Oh. Yeah, I remember it that. It go on for about five years oh, well, when I was the a kid, but I think I looked it up once and there was only about 20 odd episodes. Yeah, I don't remember anything. I remember it being quite boring. Yeah, it just seemed to go on for ages. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit like the lost of its time mm. for kids because it was kind of like... You'd, you know, it sort of all seemed to promise that something exciting right. was going to happen, but nothing really did. Oh, there's a compelling no. mystery for next week. Oh, no, there isn't. Never mind. See you next week. I, so, yeah, because they were basically trying to find, um, oh, what's it called, the City of Gold in the Amazon. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I can't, it's been yep. yeah, a long time. But what's it, no, but is it, what's it called? El Dorado? Um, El Dorado, that's it. They were yeah. basically trying to find El Dorado. So the problem you've got there, unlike if you've got like a a case by case thing, is they find El Dorado, end of series. Yeah. But then the rest of it is just like them going through a jungle where, you know, not a lot happens. I think it's yeah. going to happen. Like 
monkey going to jump at you, is it? Not bothered. Might do. Do you know what I mean? Safest, the safest place on the earth, the jungle. Isn't it? Good Perfectly point, safe. Point. Yep. I didn't think it Good through. cover from snipers. That's the main thing. Worst thing that's going to happen is you meet an illegal logging camp and they kill you to keep you quiet. Yeah, that's true. Or, um, or an unknown tribe. So, I'd sacrifice you. I don't know. I think, you know, they might all, all worship you as a god. Yeah, that's true. Who knows? Don't know which way it's going to go. You know, that's why you go in the jungle, isn't it? Because you're a gambler. Well, that's true. Take the risk. Sacrifice or gods. Yeah. Um, that's it, Neil. That's it. Um, a bit drier than I was expecting. It's but it, it is something that exists. I will say that it says on the modern investigations here that, that Kazuya Tanaka basically does, he dismisses the idea that they're UFOs and uh, apparently they're not dissimilar to boats that would have been at that time other than the sort of like the, the glass and stuff. I mean, yeah, it does, uh, you know, he thinks it's kind of a mixture of, you know, folklore and, and what have you. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's quite an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I'd never heard of these, obviously. Um, no, the never heard until yesterday. yeah. The idea that they're kind of like, I mean, I like the idea of kind of like UFOs from 150 years back, but um, yeah, I mean, that's just steampunk UFOs. Um, yeah, oh, you'd love it, yeah, because it's a bit of steampunk, yeah, perfect steampunk UFOs, yeah, just fly really using good. fly using giant springs and yeah. big engines, it's got a little railway and stuff on it, yeah, yeah. well, you, you, you got your. You got your piston, and that works to propellers, Neil. Yes, as long as you've true. got enough coal or coke. Coke, yeah. if you're a fancy boy. All right. Well, let's go through our scoring system. See, I don't think it's going to be high, but uh, <laughs> you never do know. You never so, do. So, Neil, spookiness. What do you reckon? Ten. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. This has got that hair stuck in your back mouth, of my neck. Um, I mean, to be fair, I can't really. It's not spooky, is it? But I can't. It's not not trying to be. It's just a. It's sort of. Um, I mean, I suppose you could maybe make an argument that it's a bit uncanny. But even then, it's just. I mean, they're just they're drawings, and you can interpret what you like from them. And that they look very much like coracles to me. They're, they're all sort of like some of them are sort of rounds, look like sort of just helmets. But no, they look they look more like coracles than anything else. And I don't know how much they do. Is the problem with with UFOs because it's so you know? Yeah, you could. Pretty much turn into yeah. Um, it doesn't look as much like a UFO to me, but uh, you know, it's a nice, nice the idea that that could be a UFO from 150 years ago. But that's mainly what's going on. But yeah, that's not really that spooky. It's going to have to be a one for spookiness because it's not. You know, they find a you know a, a woman who can't speak. Do you remember when was that guy? It was like that. I think it was it turned out to be a German tourist or something. He was found. I think he was wandering around like the Seven Sisters or something, or on Beachy Head, and um, what? There was a, there was a chap and they couldn't he he couldn't speak Near English us. and he was he was yeah he was basically they couldn't identify him for quite a while they did eventually I can't remember I can't remember the details what he was but but there was a little mystery for about a couple of weeks there was a guy who was found wandering around he didn't have any identification or anything and he didn't speak English um, anyway yeah I can't remember the details it's probably not worth bringing up but yeah that I mean that's, how does that happen with translations and stuff. Well, yeah, no, exactly. I can't remember. I don't know whether he was kind of, um, like he was, because I don't think he was generally mute, but he was, oh, oh God, I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to look. 
Did, was, did he have I think like he may not have been learning. speaking or something like that. Didn't no, have any difficulties or something? Yeah, I, honestly, I can't remember the details. I don't want to speculate, but it's kind of, um, yeah, all, all I really remember is, I mean, maybe that just he wasn't speaking at all at the time because obviously he'd been, but I think they did eventually manage to sort of trace back and figure out who it was. But um, <laughs> That's really, like, can you imagine being in a foreign country going, fuck, like, I mean, it's the UK, so like you're only about a 10 minute walk from a town either way. But you're yeah. wandering around seven sisters, you're like, oh, fuck, I've missed the last bus or whatever. And some people are like, oh, you lost, like, do you need a hand? So you just go, do you know what? I'm just going to stay silent and see what happens. Yeah. Let's see, let's see how far <laughs> I'm just going to be this. quiet for as long as possible. Yeah. Police come along, oh, right, this is interesting. Right, let's see what they do next. Yeah. <laughs> just weird contrarian. Yeah, I'm not, I can't remember. I think I think there may have been some kind of like, um, yeah, I don't know, it, yeah, Seagull some, some mental health tongue. issue or something along those lines. But yeah. I, I can't remember. But um, anyway, it was just a bit of a mystery for for a little while until they managed to then track him down, find his family or something. I think was how it, how it ended up. Um, but yeah, so it's so yeah. I, don't, I mean, it's yeah. So not anyway. The point is though, not 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 spooky. Unfortunately, it's not um, it's not really trying to be. In fairness, but. Uh, yeah, I can't really give it higher than a one because it's not. So I'm going to give it a little higher. Um, the reason being, right, none of them recognise this kind of thing. And I would imagine that people in a fishing village in 1803, anywhere in the world, but in Japan as well, would have been probably quite superstitious, probably believed in like the old gods and stuff. So it'd be like, what the fuck's this? Do you know, it'd be like something out of, the, like something coming out of stories into real yeah, life. Just I think that bit of Shinto business. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They're a bit more relaxed about it. But I can, you know, I imagine it's quite jarring to see something so unusual. Um, So I'm going to give it, uh, that doesn't mean I'm giving it a 10, I'm giving it a 2. But okay, I think, yeah. you know, you Fair could enough. be like, oh. So believability. Um, well, there's nothing unbelievable going on here, really. Um, I think some of the story, like I don't know, it, they seem to be the Itsuro Buni seem to be kind of like a, a theme throughout Japanese folklore. Um, but I mean, it's not like it's a sea monster or something. It's 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 some kind of transportation device with a human woman in it, it appears, yeah. or a humanoid woman at least. Could be like one of them Star Trek wrong. ones. That's true. Got like, like one of the Star Trek ones. ones. Yeah, it looks exactly like a human, but it's got an earring or something. Yeah. Cornish <laughs> pasty on um, his head or whatever. But there's nothing wildly, unbe- there's nothing sort of crazy unbelievable here. Um, so I'm going to give it a seven for believability now. Yeah, believe it. I mean, I don't necessarily believe it was UFOs, but um, yeah, I mean, in terms of, I mean, the mystery of the various different things it could be. The USO, not a UFO. So, um, USO. Yeah, and there's enough. I mean, it, I suspect it was something along the lines of it was something that became embellished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it could have been, you know, somebody who'd got, you know, I don't know. Maybe somebody did go out to see in a coracle or something and then, you know, go washing up in Japan and then. Yeah, they. they Why do you keep going about coracles? Because it's like a round. I mean, it's it's on the sea, so oh, it's a coracles. boat, and it's really round, so it looks like a coracle to me. Anyway, whatever. Um, and a boat, however you want to put you it. Wouldn't use, 
You wouldn't use a coracle at sea, would you? Well, no, not, not normally. I, I don't know. But the, the, the ones that they're drawing, they look very round. Anyway, apparently it's not mm. that dissimilar to... I mean, who knows, mate? Um, yeah, it seems to be a bit of a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's nothing intrinsically fantastical about it. So I'll give it a, I'll give it an eight. Right, okay. It's a narrative premise now. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, it's quite... I like... I like the initial thing where it's like, oh, it's a UFO from 150 years ago. I really like that. Mm. A bit like when they did that um, Predator that made it set it back in kind of like, um, you know, 100, 100 odd years ago or whatever. That was quite clever, I thought. Um, or it's a good way to sort of spin it, make it more interesting. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of, um, but then there's, there's a lot of things that make it look like it's not like the UFO. And so what you landed up with is kind of like, um, a woman rocking up on a boat with a strange box in her, which may or may not contain a lover's head. I don't know. It's not. The well, thing. I mean, I mean, it's depending if you it? believe that rambling old man who yeah. came with his with his theories. This is why you shouldn't necessarily <laughs> always trust the village elder. But yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I think there's there's um, there's the bones of something. Um, I mean, it's. It's it's weird, isn't it? I don't know. You could you, mm. you could work it up into something. I don't think it's um, yeah. It's 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 quite unique. I'll say that that much. It's kind of like I'm you know I've not come across something particularly like this before. Um, I suppose the nearest thing to this that we've um, done is the was it the Green Kids of Woolpit or whatever it was. Um, mm. It's just a couple of yeah. kids who turned up. We suppose they had green skin and you know they may have had I don't know um, some you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, they were just hulking out, probably. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like, no, I quite like the idea. Of, yeah, no, I think you could... Um, I think the problem is, is that they don't... Yeah, she either grows really old and then they put her out to sea or they just pop her straight back in the boat and then knock her out to sea anyway. <laughs> uh, no, don't have time for this. It's not... Yeah, it's not good. So I'm, I'm going to give it a six because I think I think it starts quite well. I think it's quite... It's a bit like when we were talking about Lost. It's like if they'd done that and they'd gone, oh, uh, Let's let's stick the mm. at the back in the box and then just bury it and then then it never happened. Um, they've kind of like yeah buried it on that, but fair enough. I mean, it's I suppose you know you look at the tale from a folklore perspective. It's as much about I guess Japan at the time was fairly insular and they didn't really trust um, much, yeah. people from other countries. So you didn't really open up until the sort of uh, later nineteenth century, did it? So um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Did I give it a score? Six. Um, Yes, yeah. Six. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, I think it's a decent start. Do you know what? Like, I reckon Studio Ghibli could do something with it for sure. Like, you know, yeah, you'd have to change the story a bit, but stuff. Yeah. Um, but I agree, you know. Yeah, well, you can kind of keep the same story that it turns out it's a princess from a faraway land. Do you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, but, but you'd um, have to put stuff in the middle. Do you know what I mean? Like she washes yeah, up on the shore right, and then I, ends up I, growing I, old in the boat, but you'd need to do something in the middle. Mm. Yeah. Well, she has fantastical adventures. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? Or, she, you know, she's got more modern technology and teaches them stuff yeah. or whatever. That's the thing. So it kind of reminds me, there's a little bit of it which reminds me of all of those really ancient myths about people coming from over the sea with 
advanced technology and that kind of stuff. You know, you've kind of got that with um, the Mesoamerican peoples kind of believed in that kind of stuff and the Assyrians and like there's loads of different kind of myths of more technologically advanced people turning up, rocking up on the sea yeah, and then like teaching them farm the space of its time. So it's got, yeah, so it's kind of got that, that ring to it, but um, yeah, I don't mind it. I think, um, I think, yeah, it's nice enough, isn't it? Yeah. It's a nice kid's story, nice little story. Give it a seven. Um, Reach, so I think it's quite well known in Japan, and I think it's known in some UFO circles, but it's not a big, big, well known one. Um, but you know, it goes back to the you know, seventh century or whatever, potentially. Like this, well, not this one story, but these kind of things. So I don't know how you mark that, really. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not got very very big reach, um, although it's been in mangas and stuff, and they're popular. But So I'm going to give it a four, Neil. Yeah, probably around that for me. Um, As you say, it's... Yeah, it's kind of... You know, just having a look, yeah, it's just been in sort of three bits of things. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think it's really gone outside of Japan that much, other than people sort of looking, you know, obviously ufologists look for all sorts of things to tie into, but it's not even clear that, you know, in Japan it's necessarily thought of as a UFO thing. Um, and that's kind of like the interesting interpretation. Um, so, yeah, I think I'll agree. I'll give it a four. Four, so that gives us uh, a 39 so actually, not too bad. Well, they quite often end um, in the middle, don't they? There's usually something there, but they yeah, do. It was, it was, you know what? It was a bit different. It was a bit different. Bit different. Um, and so I did, so I said last week that I'd have a look at doing some more from Ojai. Was that what it's called? Oh, the California town. Yeah. Oh hi. Turns out we pretty but, much um, I did in that podcast. Yeah, I did it's look into it detail. and. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty much the char man and the vampire are the only ones that have got anything, and the rest of them are just like one word thing of oh, and there's this ghost. Yeah, I couldn't there's find also some kids more. that fall off a bridge and stuff. Yeah, there's, there's old spook collectors. I couldn't find anything more big, for yeah. it, unfortunately. So I wasn't lying. I was, uh, uh, was a little optimistic bit, about. I was lying on purpose. Yeah, hubris, just, um, pure hubris, power, Chris. Power play. Yeah. Apologise to the it's listeners. What, Turns me on at night. Um, no, I'm not going to apologise to them. They should apologise to me. Okay. Um, they can't hear anyway. It's not audible. No, that's true. Um, so um, if you want to send us an email with a suggestion, that's uh, urbane.legends.pod at gmail.com. I know you won't. And um, we have a Twitter, which is at legendsurbane. Um, and if you yeah, leave us a, a mark or something or comment, that would be nice. It'd be nice to get our first one, wouldn't it, Neil? Our It'd first be lovely, comment. wouldn't it? Be even, nice. if, even if it's a death um, threat, I'll take anything at this point. Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, hint, hint. That's another thing that turns me on. Yeah, um, cool. All right, and uh, hope you have a good weekend and all of that. And we will see you with something a bit weirder, hopefully, Ooh. this time next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.